If you hate anxiety as much as I do, then you are in the right place. Welcome to the I Hate Anxiety podcast and your host, Larry Quicksall. Larry is a mental health therapist who has spent the past 30 years helping people improve the quality of their lives. And today, he wants to help you get rid of the anxiety in your life. So without any further ado, here's Larry. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining me for the I Hate Anxiety podcast, brought to you by Crossroads Innovative Trainings at citrainings.com. You'll have to forgive me today if my voice sounds a little funky, but it's uh, I've got a little crud in there, but we're going to plow right on through today's podcast. And uh, I've got my hot coffee, and I'll be taking some sips, and hopefully... Uh, it'll be it'll be a good day. I want to talk about on today's podcast two specific words that are very important with anxiety. They're important because they're involved with the creation of anxiety and anxiety disorders, and they're also a part of the treatment and recovery from anxiety and anxiety disorders. <clears throat> the two words are generalization and discrimination. Generalization and discrimination. Generalization is basically when we group things together in a very broad way. We're generalizing something. So let's say, for example, um, if you have uh, a friend named Tom and Tom has a red Corvette convertible, and you see another red car that's a convertible, but it's a Firebird or another sports car, and you say, hey, that's just like Tom's car. Well, is it really just like? No. It has some features that are similar. It's red and a convertible, but it's not a Corvette. So we're generalizing that together. You can generalize it more and say, Hey, there's a red minivan. That's just like Tom's car. Well, now we're kind of stretching it out a little bit farther yet. It's not a Corvette. It's not a convertible. It's it's a uh, a minivan that can hold seven people instead of two. Um, yeah, that's kind of a stretch. All you're doing is saying the color red. So that is... <clears throat> Uh, when we when we look at that, that is an example of generalization, grouping things together. Discrimination would maybe be where you say, "Hey, that car is just like Tom's," and uh, and another person would say, "No, yes, it's a red Corvette convertible, but Tom's is a nineteen eighty nine, and this is a nineteen eighty seven." And so distinguishing a difference between the two. They're similar in many ways, but drawing a comparison difference on the years. Now, most people don't have anxiety issues regarding Tom and his his choice of cars. But that is the the basic concept of of generalization and discrimination. When I used to teach a psychology class for Lakeland College several years ago, <clears throat> I would talk about these two words 
in the context of an experiment from the 1920s uh, that involved a little boy who was who was termed in the experiment Little Albert. And if you go to pr probably about any introduction to psychology book, you will find reference to this. In this experiment, they were testing learning theory. And to, to kind of condense the story down, they had this little baby, and they had him sitting on a table, and there was this box. And whenever they opened up a box, a little white mouse came out. <clears throat> and a baby's not afraid of a mouse. That kind of fear is a learned behavior. And so he's petting and he's playing with the mouse, and the experiment shows that there is no fear. So they put the mouse back in the box, and then they open it up, and when the mouse comes out, the baby wants to play with it. But right behind them, they have somebody who makes an extremely loud Noise. Maybe I can't remember whether it was a bang or a horn or something, but it was a loud noise that startled the baby and made him cry. <sighs> Poor little Albert. And he starts crying. They, you know, dry up his tears. They put the mouse away. The next time they bring out the mouse, he reaches for it to play and they make the scary noise again and he cries. And they do this to the point that when they open up the box, just seeing the mouse makes him cry. Now, here comes the generalization versus discrimination question. Let's say, and I don't believe this was a part of the experiment, but if you open up the box and instead of there being a white mouse, there's a small white rabbit that comes and makes a hippity hop out. What does little Albert do? Does he cry like the mouse? Or does he reach down and start playing with it? Well, if he starts crying over the rabbit, then what he has done is he has generalized that the mouse, the white mouse, and the white rabbit are the same. If he starts playing with the rabbit, then he has discriminated a difference between the white mouse and the white rabbit, and he sees that it is different and thus the, the trigger of wanting to cry out of fear isn't present. Now, let's take a look at how that applies to our daily lives, to the lives of people with anxiety disorders, and I'll give you a, a couple of different examples. Um, I do work with veterans. And so many of my veterans are Vietnam veterans, and for them, um, helicopters uh, often play a significant role in uh, anxiety disorders, you know, specifically PTSD. Now, there were different kinds of helicopters over in Vietnam. In just a couple of examples, you have Hueys and you have Chinooks. Your Hueys are the ones like you would uh, see troops, if you see old film footage, the, the combat troops unloading from in small numbers, maybe six or seven coming out. The Chinooks are the big two-rotor ones that could carry maybe 15, 20 uh, troops coming out. They make different sounds. They look differently. As I always hear people describe the... The Hueys make a wop 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 sound. So, 
Now the question is, you have a Vietnam veteran or any veteran that had traumatic experiences associated with a helicopter. And now it's years later, they're at home, they're back in the States, and they hear a helicopter. What happens? Well, for some, any helicopter, whether it's a military one that may be, you know, doing maneuvers or, or uh, tran uh, they're moving it from one base to another here in the States, maybe it's a military one. Or maybe it's one of these medical helicopters that goes from hospital to hospital, taking people, you know, to uh, a higher level of care uh, for whatever, you know, the, the, the crisis is that they're experiencing. If, a, if that veteran reacts to all helicopters the same way, that's generalization. If they distinguish a difference and have reactions differently to where, say for example, they don't have a problem with the medical helicopter, they only have the problem with the Huey, or they only have the problem with the sound of the Chinook, then that's discrimination. The more generalization, the more of an impact it's going to have on that person's life. Because it's, it's, there's too much. Uh, too many things are being lumped together. And that's going to make treatment more challenging. Because it, it's, it's expanding the number of triggers. So what we need to do in that kind of a situation, what I work with people on, is helping them to start discriminating. Start discriminating and seeing that this is different. It's different in the type of helicopter. It's also different in the time frame that we're looking at. It's not the 1960s. It's you know 2017 as an example for today. Help them to see a difference so they can start removing things from that overgeneralizing list to weed it down to something narrower and narrower so we can get a better handle on it and, and work with the treatment. So generalizing is typically going to be more problematic. Discrimination generally works better because we're keeping it more narrow and it's not having as big of impact on that person's life. Let me offer another example. Let's say somebody was involved in a, an assault. Um, they were mugged, they were raped, it was some sort of a physical assault on a person. And the individual who committed the offense had a very strong cologne that they were wearing. Now, that could very easily become a trigger. The question is, are they going to respond to that trigger anytime they smell it? Whether it is in a bottle, whether it is on a person, whether it's on a male, whether it's on a female, whether it's a child, whether it's an elderly person, whether it's somebody that matches the description of the uh, person committing the assault, or whether it's a person drastically different. 
the the broader it gets, the more overgeneralizing, the bigger the impact it's going to have on the person. However, if they respond to it only when it also matches somewhat the description of the person, that's discrimination. So, my question for you it today is, when you experience a trigger reaction, how much generalizing and how much discrimination are you using? Again, the more generalization, typically the more problems. The more discrimination keeps it within boundaries that are more easily treated. So, that's what I want to leave you with today. That's what I want you to think about as you look at the anxiety in your life and are if you're in treatment, you may want to bring that up to the therapist you're working with and help give them some additional insight into how much you know this is having uh, an impact in your life regarding those two words. All right. Thanks so much. Look forward to seeing you next time. This brings us to the end of today's podcast. I hope you found some golden nuggets that you can use to make your life better. The I Hate Anxiety podcast is for educational purposes only. And while I am a therapist, this podcast is not counseling or therapy. If you need either counseling or therapy, please seek out the services of a licensed professional in your area. And if you are in crisis, call the Crisis Call Center at 1-800-273-8255 or dial 911 or go to your local emergency room.